Amen. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, starting at verse 39, you will find these words. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Amen. On today, um, this will be our final installment, amen, on our series of lessons on the beginning of the Christmas story. Uh, this is not all of the beginning before we even get into the nativity scene and all of that, but this is what we can cover in the time allotted. So this will be the final installment of the series, The Beginning of the Christmas Story. Amen? Amen. Amen. Saints of God, as we have discussed in previous messages, amen, that uh, the book of Luke is the most exhaustive gospel of the four gospels. The physician Luke uh, took his time and was meticulous in reporting all that what he could gather and was told about the Lord wow. Jesus Christ. It is Luke that meticulously tells us about how even the forerunner, John the Baptist, came to be. And so in the text that has been read in your hearing, we get a context for a song that Mary sings. In this context, we find that in the sixth month after Gabriel had told Mary the things that would happen to her as it related to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After those things, she made haste and took a trip to see her cousin, Elizabeth. Some people may wonder why she went to see Elizabeth. I have a good theory behind that by just looking at the context of this particular text. By now, Mary knows of the miracle that has happened to Elizabeth as well. By now, she knows that the same angel, Gabriel, who talked with her and announced himself as Gabriel is the same story that has been spreading throughout Galilee about what happened with the priest Zachariah in the temple. Amen. So now she's wanting to put two and two together. Are y'all following me? Now all 
of this has happened to her and she's going to get with somebody who can relate to what's going on in her life. I want to put a pen there for just a minute. Everybody needs somebody in their lives that can relate to their life experiences. I I want to contend with you today, not only from the physical and the earthly realm, but also spiritually. I I want you to know today that I thank God for at least two of my brothers in the ministry, amen, that we are connected in the spirit. Sometimes I will reach out to them and before I even say what I'm going to say, they are already finishing the statement that I'm going to make. And that's because we are connected spiritually. We have gone through certain experiences, amen, that God has ordained into our lives to connect us in a way that I'm not connected with anybody else. And so you need somebody like that in your life as well. And sometimes that person is not your spouse. For as much as you and your spouse connects on a lot of things, there are some things that you're going to connect with somebody else that God has brought into your life that you are going to connect with certain experiences that you two are going to have in common. Amen. And here in this case, that it was Mary going to Elizabeth. Amen. Because now Elizabeth has been connected with her, amen, through the power of the Holy Ghost. When you look at the text, as soon as Mary greeted Elizabeth, now you're talking about being connected in the Holy Ghost, that the baby inside Elizabeth's womb leaped. This shows how God had already preformed this relationship Not only that she was biologically related, but now they're spiritually related. They're experientially in the Lord related to one another. And it is Elizabeth whom she was able to go to and put two and two together to discuss the things that the Lord was doing in their lives. And what we see in the text is that while they were coming together, it was the Holy Ghost that came upon them to employ Elizabeth to speak a word into Mary's life. When God has given you a connection with somebody in that way, the Holy Spirit is still using folks that same way today to speak a word into your life. Sometimes you will be in situations in your life and you will call that person, amen, and you may not even discuss the thing that has happened yet and the Spirit of God will come upon them and they will say some things to you that you know is speaking to your situation. If you don't have somebody like that in your life today, then pray the Lord that he send someone like that your way. Are y'all following me today? Because in life, the devil is so crafty that you will go through all manners of things. He's setting up traps for you here and traps for you there. And you need somebody in your life that can connect with you in such a way that the words that you speak between one another edifies your spirit and gives you strength and encouragement to move out and to move away from that which has caught you up. Amen. And so here in the text, we find that a connection has been made and that the Holy Spirit has come upon 
Elizabeth. And Elizabeth begins to speak a word of blessing into the life of Mary. She speaks out with a loud voice and says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She has barely said anything to Elizabeth, but the Holy Spirit's got a lot to say through Elizabeth well. to Mary. That's how it works, y'all. The Holy Spirit don't have to be prompted. Amen. The Holy Spirit don't have to wait for you to explain your situation because he already knows it. Ain't that good news? Amen. Because just maybe when you try to explain it, you don't explain it right. But it's good to know that the Holy Spirit already has it in its detail and he knows how to use whom he wants to use when he wants to use them to speak directly to your situation so that you are edified, strengthened, and carried through. Am I, am I following? Are y'all following what I'm saying today? Amen. So let's look a little bit further. There is a song here in this text that I did not read in your hearing. But I read the context of that song, amen, that now we're going to try to unpack at least a little bit of it today. In the context of this spiritual meeting, amen, with Elizabeth and Mary, in the context of this experiential uh, putting two to two together about what the angel, the same angel that spoke to Zacharias, is also speaking to Mary. When they put this all together, plus the Holy Spirit working in the lives of both Mary and Elizabeth, the Spirit then gives Mary a song. Everybody ought to have a song. Amen. Ought to have a song that they can sing about the praise and the glory of our God. And just so happens today, Mary had a song. And Mary had a song, amen, that can be unpacked to also give us instruction in righteousness. We find that song in verses 47 through 55. Verse 46 said, and Mary said. But in some translations, they do it better. And it said, and Mary sang. Amen. Because this is a song. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. We have talked about this in times past, but God is as big as God wants to be. God doesn't need anybody else to make him bigger. Are y'all following me? But this text doesn't say it looks like it's saying she magnifies the Lord, but no, because God is as big already as he wants to be. What this is, is that Mary is allowing God to be bigger in her. It's not that God was shrunken and now he's not to be expanded. No, it's that she needs to allow God to be in her as big as God is. Amen. And each and every one of us has to go through that ourselves. That's why the, why the psalmist says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. What he's saying to us is allow the Lord to be as big as he wants to be in your life. Stop putting God in a box. Let God be God in your life. Let him expand in your life. Stop saying what you can't do and start saying what God can do. See, too many times we are afraid, we are reluctant to do things because we're looking at our own abilities. We're looking at our own misgivings. We're looking at our own 
uh, uh, problems and our own deficiencies. But God is saying, no, magnify me in your soul. Amen. Stop looking at what you think you can't do and start looking at what you know I can do. Amen. And let me be all that I want to be in your life. That you do things that you never thought you could do before. When you let God be God in you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. So that's what she was saying, that her soul magnified the Lord. Because now God is doing things in her life, Reverend Stephen, that she never thought would happen. Think about it. We talked about it. She's from the hood. She's from down there in Nazareth. She's in the place where folks saying, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? And here is the low of the low. Here is the talked about. Here is the dejected and marginalized. And God has showed up in her life in such a way that the way he's showing up in her, it will never be matched again. So how many of you in your generation are willing to let God show up in you in a way that will never be matched in your generation? Or are we caught up in our deficiencies and the things that we think we can't do? Well, I ain't this and I ain't that. Well, I ain't either, but the Lord is. Amen? I'm glad it's about him and not about me. Amen? Magnify the Lord. And look at the text how she says, And my spirit has rejoiced in the God of my Savior. We got to make sure that we don't let our circumstance dictate our joy. Brother Wheeler, we got to make sure that when folks do us wrong and scandalize our name and folks disappoint us and and leave us, that we don't let our joy go with them. We got to make sure that our joy is the joy of the Lord because the Lord never changes. See, when the Lord said he'd be with you, he's gonna be with you even to the end of the world. It does not matter whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're doing well or whether you're not, whether you're sick or whether you're depressed, the Lord is with you. And you cannot allow the world to dictate how your joy is being manifest in your life. Because folks are fickle. People do some strange things. There are people who mean well, but the way that they go about doing it will hurt you. Then there are folks who don't mean well, and they'll hurt you too. But you can't allow them to dictate your joy. Are you following me today? You cannot allow that. You've got to rejoice in the Lord. It does not what happen. It does not matter come what may. The Lord is our savior. That no matter what happens in this life, amen. We've got the joy in knowing that one of these days it will all be over. Amen. One of these days there will be no more night. Because the SON will always shine. Amen. One of these days there will be no need to wipe any more tears away. There'll be no more disappointments. There'll be no more rejection. There'll be no more betrayal. It'll all be over. No more aches and pains. No more upset stomachs. No more diabetes. No more cancer. No more muscle pain. No more MS. It's going to be eradicated by the Lord. And 
it's sooner than we think. Amen. Because a man born of a woman's life is short and full of trouble. But the real realization of it all is that it's short. Whether it's 10, 15, 20, 80 years, that's still short in the grand scheme of things. That we shall live an eternity with the Lord and we shall have no pain whatsoever. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, nor have ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the good things that the Lord has in store for those who love him. That we got a city that we haven't seen before, who have streets that are paved with gold and walls of jasper. Amen. The sweetest fruit that we've ever known on will not be even sweet at all compared to the fruits of that city. When you know that you know that you got that, you can rejoice in the Lord. Your circumstance do not dictate your joy. Look at the text. He said, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. See, uh, Mary, amen, from the low of the lows, from the marginalized and dejected. She realizes her lowly state, amen, that God has reached down and picked her up, turned her around and placed her feet on solid ground. She knows that she has been the scorn of others. She has been part of a group of folks that everybody else has counted out. But now she's going to be the most blessed of all that ever will be. This is a lesson to us, Deacon Johnson, that it does not matter how men see you. All that really matters is how God sees you. See, men gonna look at you funny. They got, they got some problem for you. You too black, you too white, amen. Your eyes too squinted, amen. You from the wrong part of the world. Amen. Your accent ain't right. You ain't tall enough. You ain't short enough. Amen. You too big. You too little. They always got something. Amen. To look upon you and to take you down with. But the Lord has everything to pick you up. Don't you let what folks say about you. Amen. Dictate your joy. Realize that God, no matter what state you are in today, he can use you to do things above those who think they got it all together. Above those folks who think they got it, they're all that in a bag of chips. God can, can transcend you above them anytime he gets ready. And you got to believe that. And anytime folk talking to you like that, you just shove that stuff off. You be like Paul was when he went into the city that didn't want to hear the gospel. He just knocked the dust off his feet and kept rolling. And that's what you got to do too. Amen? And look at the text. When you look at the text, he says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. When she says that, she says that God's name is separate. God's name is unique like no other name. Because there's no other name that you can call on but the name of Jesus that can cast your sins away. There's no other name but the name of the Lord that can say thy sins have been forgiven. There's no other name that can say to you, believe in God, also believe in me. 
For in my father's mansion, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not, I would have told you. It's only by the Lord that he can say that he goes to prepare a place for you. But when he goes to prepare a place for you, he shall come again. Only the Lord, because holy is his name. It doesn't matter how rich a person has gone. Nobody can tell you these things and be able to carry them out except for the Lord. Because holy is his name. When you see those words, holy is his name, it's saying holy is his authority. That's what she's saying. He has the authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to give sight to the blind, to make the dumb talk, and the lame to walk. Am I right about it, D? It is he who can say, there's coming a day that I'm going to send you a new heaven and a new earth. Because holy is his name. See, this earth with all of its trappings, amen, it's going to burn up one day in the fire. It's going to burn up in the fire as the song says that the fireman can't put out. Is that all right, Sister Collins? Amen. So when we look at our text, she talks about God's mercy in her song. She says, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. She says, don't worry, y'all, that you didn't live when I lived. Don't worry that his mercy might run out in the first century A.D., but realize that God's mercy is extended from generation to generation for those who fear him. There's no qualification of ethnicity or socioeconomic level. There's no qualifications of time, amen, but generation to generation. And them generations extend to our generations today. If there's somebody in here who needs some mercy, God's got it. And his mercy will never run dry. Amen. Let's look at the text. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. See, we live in a life and in a time when some people who have uh, political power and financial wherewithal start to believe that they are gods in themselves. There are some folks who have matriculated through the hollowed halls of academia. They have gone to medical school and they have done postdoctoral work. Amen. And they think that they know it all. They think if there's no healing, the healing has to come through them. They, they are so arrogant and they're so uh, stiff-necked and, and strong-willed. They don't want to hear what nobody else has to say because they think they got it all figured out. It is those very folks that the Lord is confounding. It is those very folks that one of these days, those who haven't been yet, are going to be brought down. There are doctors right now who are behind closed doors, Reverend, from just a few people that me and you have seen together 
are scratching their heads. Amen. Not concluding all the people that we also know that the doctors had counted out. Amen. But the God of our Lord and Savior Amen. said, Amen. no. Amen. Sister Williams, your mama is a living testimony Amen. to that very thing. Amen. They counted her out a long time ago. But she's still here because of the Lord. See, it is this text that lets us know in song, amen, of the reality that we're living in today. That dignitaries and presidents and, and kings and, and queens and, 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 and uh, councils all over the world and boards who think they have it in their hands. Anytime God gets ready, he can squeeze them in the palm of their hands. It is the Lord that says to us through his word that the heart of the king is like putty in the hand of God. Oh, we can go, don't have to go no further than to look back at old King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, well. He was the king of the most powerful kingdom at that time. The most powerful dynasty, the Babylonian kingdom. They had won wars after wars after wars. He had gotten so arrogant that he believed that he could go down in that little place called Israel and snatch out a few of their best boys. And he figured that he could bring them and train them up in the way he would want them to be Babylonian style. But God had another thing for him. God was going to teach him a seven-year lesson. He was going to get some postgraduate work, amen, directly from the Lord. Yes, After he tried to, to, to burn up the Hebrew boys in the fire, amen, the Lord at a point showed him who he was. Amen. Knocked him down and had him out there eating grass like a beast of the field. For seven years he couldn't even call out his own name. But when God gave mercy on him and restored him, he praised the Lord. He then knew that he wasn't a God upon himself. And there are those today who think they are gods in themselves that God's going to have to bring them down. Because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are y'all following me today? Amen. So when we look at our text, we see that she says in her song that he has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Mary gives us a history lesson too. Because if you don't know where you've come from, sometimes you don't know where you're going. Sometimes if you don't know where you come from, Sister Harding, you're doomed to repeat it. See, that's why it's good to know your history. Not only to know your history as black folk, because that helps us, amen. To know that our history doesn't begin on the shores of Louisiana and Virginia and, and, and some of these coastal cities and states, amen, of our world. Our, our, our history doesn't start in the hood. Our history doesn't start in a project somewhere. But our history starts as black folks, amen, with royalty in the richest continent in the world. But you know what else we need to remember? Is that 
our spiritual lives, our spiritual history doesn't start here in America. Our spiritual history starts before the foundations of the world. Our spiritual history starts in heaven. Our spiritual history starts with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who owns everything, who has created all things. We're his children. So lift your hands up. Stand up proud because you are a child of God. Walk like it and talk like it. And let the world know that you are an ambassador to a kingdom that they want to be part of. That it's not like this world, but it's 180 degrees opposite of this world. That's why he has to bring the powerful people down and bring the lowly people up. To let the world know that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdom of this world. And he has left you and I here to be those ambassadors. You can't be that ambassador with your head hung down and discouraged and and distraught. Amen. No, lift your hands up. All you gates. Amen. Because we are the children of God. And as we finish this series, amen. The last part of the history lesson that Mary gives. She says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. You got to know that Abraham, the father of Israel, is also the father of you and I. Remember that the Lord told Abraham, Not that he was going to be the father of a nation, but that he was going to be the father of many nations. Not just the nation of Israel, but of this nation too. Of this Gentile nation of you and I who also can say Father Abraham. Do not forget in your history lesson that the promise that God gave to Abraham would go down through 40 and two generations. It would go 21 generations from Abraham to David. And then it would go another 21 generations from David to Jesus. Jesus, the epitome of the promise. Jesus, the fruition of all salvation. Jesus, the light of the world. My Savior and your Savior. But the Christmas story would not be complete. The Christmas story would not complete itself in us. If we didn't know about how that little baby born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes would go up at 30 years old and start a ministry in the life of all humanity and after three years that he was attacked and taken by a Roman soldier 
that would come and take him from the garden of Gethsemane after he just got through praying for you and for me right after the sweat of his brow was like blood drops rolling off his face because of the anguish that he was going to have to endure for you and for me but the Bible says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame for you and for me ain't that good news children of God but the story goes on that they whipped him all night long they sent him through six kangaroo courts one of the kangaroo courts was the court of Annas then he went to the court of Caiaphas then he went to the court of the Sanhedrin three of the kangaroo courts trumped up charges that was all a lie Jesus did no wrong but then they sent him to Pilate and from Pilate to Herod and from Herod back to Pilate whipping our master all night long and then the story says they marched him down the Via Della Rosa that red road of blood down the Via Della Rosa to outside the walls of Jerusalem to a place called Golgotha's Hill and on Golgotha's Hill they put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet and you know what happened saints they raised him up and that's where they made their mistake because Jesus said if I be lifted up then I'll draw all men unto me ain't that good news children but he was on that cross on that cross from the third to the ninth hour and he died for you and for me but that's not the end of the story they took him down off that old rugged cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb and he was in that tomb all night Friday he was in that tomb all day Saturday he was in that tomb all night Saturday night and our sins together were on him and they were buried with him to rise no more they would be cast into the sea of forgetfulness they would be cast as far as the east is from the west are y'all tracking with me in this house today you got to know the story if you gonna tell the story that Jesus death was like, like any other death but it was the once and for all death for the sins of the entire world past, present and future 
the story is not over on Saturday night because Paul said if he was still in the grave we'd still be in our sins but it was early early Sunday morning that he got up with all power in his hand power to heal the sick to raise the dead to give sight to the blind to make the dumb talk and the lame to walk he's still raising folk up today he's taking prostitutes and pimps he's taking adulterers and fornicators he's picking them up turning them around and placing their feet on solid ground praise the lord saints of god it's a good day to be in the house of the lord and i bid you a merry 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 good good christmas amen amen praise the lord saints of god amen the beginning of the Christmas story. So if you have been paying attention, amen, there's a whole lot happened before the nativity scene. So much instruction, so much encouragement, so much that we need to know in our daily narratives. As we go up against this world with all of its narratives, we need to know our narrative. That no matter where we are, if they wake us up in the middle of the night, we can tell it. Amen. Wherever we go. As the song says, go tell it on the mountain. Amen. Go tell it on the hills and everywhere. So you be in the valley, you can tell it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So at this time, the doors of the church are open. Amen. Amen. You can come to the Lord today. Amen. There is a At the cross for 